On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, Keith and I discuss the latest news on James Harden reportedly jumping into a two-year deal with the 76ers. We'll talk about the importance of it, what it means for the basketball team in the upcoming season and the future next right here, Locked On 76ers. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. What's up, D? What's going on, man? How you doing out there in Las Vegas? Cool, cool. I can't wait to uh, take this red eye and, you know, come back. <laughs> but uh, it's cool. Yeah, Utah, Vegas, I'm sure you're ready to come back home. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. little something, something. No, I understand. Well, we got a lot to get into before we do. We got to welcome everybody. You're locked on 76ers. I'm Devon Givens of 97.5 The Fanatic Radio in Philadelphia, alongside my co-host and partner, Keith Pompey, Sixers beat writer for TheEnquirer.com. We thank you all for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here, YouTube, at Locked On 76ers. Keith, uh, over the weekend and uh, late last week, we got some word that, and you were able to get in some info as well. You could talk to us all about it. James Harden, we've been waiting to hear something, find out what's going on with his contract. And it appears that he's going to take a bit of a nice haircut, $15 million less on his deal, potential two-year deal worth uh, around that $32 million if he's taking that 15 off of the $47.4 million. So we're looking at somewhere around, Keith, for two years, $64 million. And that second possibly being a player option and then maybe negotiating something long term in the future for him and the team. What can you share with us about that? And what is the talk about that in Las Vegas if there is? I mean, it's not really a lot to talk about. I mean, there is some people saying, hey, you know, James is, is going to take one for the team. You know, I, I think I'm going to give all this credit goes to the guy Shams, you know, Shams from The Athletic. I mean, he's the one who had the story. I mean, the, the thing is, right now, a lot of people are basically talking about how, you know, let's face it, you know, James was a guy who, at the end of last season, there were a lot of people in Philadelphia who were saying, I don't know if he's the guy. Like, I don't, you can't give him a max contract. You can't do this. Look how he struggled. He lost a step. Now the rhetoric has changed to, this is a guy who really wants to win and is sacrificing his own money to help the team. So, I think that's what um, you know. That that that's what the dialogue is now. There are other people saying, "Okay, so we got the particulars. This is happening. That's happening. Why is it taking so long for him to sign that deal?" So it's kind of like one of those things where you could question yourself. Like people are saying, "Hey, it's just a matter of James signing it," and other people are saying, "Well, who knows? Maybe there can be a, a another ball to drop, so to speak." Right. So. You know, I, I think right now what James Harden has really um, accomplished is he changed the narrative. Not that he cares, but he changed the narrative. People in Philadelphia are looking at him as if like, okay, this is a winner. We want him. Now, here's the one thing that I think people need to uh, 
really pay attention to. Um, according to the report that Shams had, like you said, it's going to be 15 million off, but also on top of that, it's going to be a player option for year two. So let's just say if James Harden performs at a, uh, it exceeds the expectations. It probably will. Let's, probably let's, will. Let's be honest. <laughs> if he exceeds those expectations, then all of a sudden he could go back to the sixes and like, I'm opting out, you know, I'm a max level player. There are a lot of teams out here that are willing to give me a max salary. So if you guys want to keep me, I want a max deal. And the thing is, it's like he's probably going to demand that money if he if he exceeds these expectations. And even if he doesn't exceed his expectations, there are still going to be teams willing to give this guy a lot of money if he's if he's um, you know uh, playing at a serviceable. Right, because we got to realize his drop off is completely different than a, a role player's drop off, right? So I think that what we're, we're what we're going to see is we're going to see yes, James Harden took a one year deal with a player option for the next year, or a two year deal, player option for the second year. But I think we're going to see him getting paid off of this. He's going to opt out, and he's going to get paid. Yeah, he's taking this one plus one and. Soon as soon as I heard this, I was like, okay, that means he's just going to opt out in year number two and get a lot of that money back uh, just by doing what he can for the team right now. He goes out there, has another all-star level season. He's going to be an all-star most likely. He's going to perform, and that's that's my belief of what he'll he'll do this season by doing this. He's he's betting on himself for this one, knowing that hey, I'm doing this for you guys right now. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to hoop up on this one-year deal. And next year, I expect for you guys to also take care of me, even though they did their part by getting him out of Brooklyn. He wanted out. He, he did what he needed to do, what he felt he needed to do, whether there was some scrutiny or not. They helped him out of getting out of there. Now he's helping them right now. And then the, the get back is going to be him taking, uh, you know, that opt out and, and signing for hopefully for him a longer term deal on, on that back end. So. I listen, I expect him to have a good season off of this one. And and you're right, Keith, because I'm sure from your, the comments and your stories and the comments on your social media, the phone calls that I have taken the last couple of days over him doing this is really simply a lot of goodwill from him, from the Sixer fans who, especially even the ones who didn't like what he did at the end of the regular season and the end, in the end of the postseason, they couldn't help themselves but say, you know what? He talked about it and now he's being about it by saying he's going to help the team out he talked about it during his introductory press conference, and he talked about it during the exit interview with the media as well, where he said he's going to do anything that he feels he can to make sure he helps out the team, the organization, to, to fit a, a better team out there for 22-23. So he's doing it, and, and the fans are right now at least backing him. Now, there's another part of it, and that's going out there and showing improve during the regular season and, most importantly, the postseason. But right now... A lot of good faith from the Sixer fans based on what he has done. You're exactly right. A lot of good faith. I mean, and you know that you know that's part of the you know, part of that's part of the battle right there. You know what I mean? If you can get the people on your back. Now again, we got to be real though. This is Philadelphia. Now we both we're, we're two Philadelphians. You know, <laughs> goodwill is great, but they also going to want you to to uh-huh. produce. And That's if why you I don't said, produce, regular season and most importantly postseason. Yeah, and if you don't produce, they're gonna be like, ah, oh, yeah, that was nice, but 
You let him go. Don't give him an extension. <laughs> let him go. Exactly Absolutely. right. Well, Keith, look, next segment, man, we need to talk about what this means now as far as the money and what they have left to do, some potential possibilities of what they could do with the financials now that he is taking this $15 million, hit what it means to, for the salary cap and what they're able to do in the future. And in the final segment, we did talk about the Summer Sixers, which you've been able to watch both in Utah and now for a few games in Las Vegas. We'll do that next right here, Locked On 76ers. BetOnline is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development league reviews, including um, Major League Baseball, right? BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, right? Betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to check in to all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Make sure you do it today, and uh, uh, Keith can help you out since he's out there in Las Vegas, give you a few tips as well. Thank you for making Locked On 76ers. Your first listen for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast, where you have nightly recaps of every NBA Summer League game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. So, Keith, uh, the thing that a lot of people had questions about, and, you know, I tried to do my best on the radio show and a little bit on social media is just trying to explain what they can do now financially uh, in the offseason of other possibilities. We know about the trade stuff and what it could do. It can open up a little bit more financially with the trade based on who you send out. And now, what is it, approximately $5 million, uh, below the cap floor now, well, right around that cap apron that they are at where they can do some things. Uh, now, and with that, what can they do in the free agent market um, with the veteran minimum, if, if, you, if, if that's a possibility, and also in the trade market? What would they be able to do now that he has taken a lot less money for the upcoming season? Not officially, but reported that he's taken a lot less money. What are they now willing, able to do with the uh, money that he has maybe freed up for the basketball team? Yeah, unfortunately, I'm not like a capologist when it comes yeah. to stuff like that. You know what I mean? And like a lot of a lot of people are like saying, well, they can do this, they can do that. Now, from what I heard is kind of like when you come down to the free agency stuff, it ain't about the cap apron. It's about getting below the cap, right? So they may have some things, but so mostly this is going to help you out in regards to like making the trade, you you know, less money to take back and stuff like that. But you got to realize typically you have to be below the cap when you do things. Now, you they had a, a mid-level exception and they also had a biannual exception. They've already given those things up right now. Maybe they might be able to like, and even if they get a veteran, like the last couple of years, you know, they were kind of capped out too, but they were still able to get a veteran minimum. So sure, I think yeah. like this thing is something that's really, and again, I'm not a capologist right now. I knew about what you had to get below to be able to give that mid-level exception, but from my belief, you only get one mid-level and you get a one biannual, right? So to me, it's a matter of like, 
if they're going to make a trade, this is going to help them a little bit. But as far as all that other stuff, like you got to get below the cap. They're, they're a capped out team. Now, as far as like luxury, like they, you know, they're cool and all that with the luxury tax and all that other stuff, but they're not, but you know what I mean? As far as going over the apron, but yeah, that's, that's so, where they yeah. are. Josh Harris is paying yeah. the luxury tax. Yeah. It's just a matter but, of how far do they go? Yeah. No matter how far they go, but you know, so, I mean, it, it gives them more options to make maneuver more things and, and stuff like that. But I do now, again, I could be wrong, but I do believe in order for you to just say, Oh, we got 4.5 million now to go get somebody. It ain't, it ain't like, it ain't, it's not that simple unless it's, there's a trade involved and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and, and again, uh, we'll know for sure once things are official, once James Harden does in fact sign or before he signs and they do go out there since they do have available available room at the moment because he's not signed. And that's also the belief as you talked about that maybe he hasn't signed yet because they're still trying to work around and do some, some things, work around the margins and be able to, to, to work a little bit more freely without him on the, on the cap with his number of that 30 plus million or even that 40 plus with the 47.4 before he opted out where now they're able to go out there and maybe do some things and the veteran minimum, depending on who it is. If we talked about Carmelo Anthony last week, uh, there have been also people just asking about a player like Marquise Morris and his availability. What we would have to guess is in any number like that with those two veterans, somewhere around $2 million. So, that would be something that we would monitor and keep an eye on as we got closer to it, whether Harden signs the deal or before Harden signs the deal to kind of let us know a little bit more if they were to sign some veteran players along those lines. And look, there was a there was a tweet from Marquise Morris last week when someone asked him about coming to Philadelphia and he responded, I've been wanting to for a while now. So who knows uh, if he's uh, willing to do something and come back home and and uh, they bring him in for the veteran minimum. On the other side, Keith, we need to talk about you've been out there. You've been seeing them. We've been watching them on television, but you've been up close and personal with the Summer Sixers since Utah. Now a few games in Las Vegas. Let us know specifically about the Isaiah Joe and some of those guys, but also some of the newer players that are on the roster and a signing as well. Michael Foster and what that means for the 76ers as they move along in the Summer League and we move along in this podcast right here on Locked On 76ers. And I got to tell you folks about the great people at Rock Auto. I've been telling you about them for a while, how they've been good to me because of a few simple things for me personally. My car has been okay, but a few simple things have popped up and I've needed to take it, uh, advantage of, of Rock Auto and address the needs. And that is with my taillight and my headlight in my car. And I've even also had to dive into some new carpet for my car as well. You know how it is in the winter, things get a little wet. They get a little you know, dingy with your carpet and you want to take care of that. And you want your car to be smell good and get all that stuff out of there. Well, I did so by saving time and money by using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership when you can simply get involved with this family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years? And I've done so where the prices are reliably low for every customer, including you. They take everything that you have and make it a, a responsibility of theirs. They have everything you need from brake parts to even new carpet, like I mentioned, motor oil, tail lamps, and headlamps as well. So go ahead, explore their easy-to-use website today to find 
the solution to your auto part needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. Do it today, people. Do it today. Want to make sure your car is straight for the summer. Make sure it's smelling good and keep it clean in there. Got to do it today. All right, our final one here. Keith, you're in Vegas. We're back here on the East Coast, but we've been watching the Summer Sixes. And Isaiah Joe, for the second consecutive summer campaign, has looked pretty good, man. His last outing before the shoulder injury sidelined him, uh, he, he, he was performing well. So what have you seen? Have you seen anything different from him? Or is it just... Yeah, Isaiah Joe being Isaiah Joe, he doesn't really belong in this setting. He's he's uh, he's performing well. Now it just needs to translate to the regular season. What have you seen from him? What have you seen from Trevor and Queen? And we'll get to Michael Foster, who they have signed to a contract as well. You know, I mean, Isaiah Joe, you know, I, I think a lot of it is a little bit of both. Like, I, I think he's getting the opportunity to show what he can do. Um, I also think that Isaiah Joe is a good enough player to where, like, he should excel on this level, right? You know what I'm saying? But here's the point. Seven for nine threes that he shot in the first game um, here in Las Vegas, that's nothing to sneeze at. Like, you know, seven to nine, like, you know, that, that, that that's that's good. Now, what he showed us is that he is an NBA shooter. He's a guy that he also showed us, like, in the Las Vegas Summer League, you know, averaging, he averaged the league best 19 points a game. And he was also tied with two other players at a league best three steals a game. And he also had one block. He averaged one block. So he showed us that he is the prototypical guy who the 76ers could use as a three and D off the bench. The question is, is can he be more consistent? Now you can't ask him to do anything better than what he has played. He's performed extremely well. I do think that there's more confidence with him. Like when you look on the bench and you see him, there's a a great leadership quality. He's also into the game. And what I mean by leadership, he's telling guys what to do. And in regards to confidence, it's like, okay, you're going to guard me, but I'm going to take you off the dribble, boom, 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 step back, hit a three, or I'm going to do a nice catch and shoot. He's been extremely decisive. And that's something that he always didn't show his first two years because end of a bench guy, a rookie, then a second year guy who doesn't play a lot. He came in and he, you know, he was inconsistent, but right now there's more consistency. There's more confidence, but at the same time, take away the seven for nine, but the way he's playing, you expect this from a third year guy who has played in, 91 games in this through his first two years he looks comfortable out there mm-hmm. yeah he does and even with the ball in his hand sometimes he he's out there looking like he's playmaking a little bit and i don't not just you know looking for his teammates but for himself to create some space as well so looks comfortable out there and hopefully that this will help doc rivers and i know what a training camp will do and i know what a preseason will do and he had a good preseason last year as well but his minutes started to to, to wane as the season progressed and Doc Rivers did not have him out there on the floor for a kind of cork mice, found those minutes again. And then Jake Milton, when he came back, he found those minutes and it's been an up and down thing. A young player, still a lot of growth, a lot of development in there. 
but he can shoot. So if he can just knock down the shots, I think that will help him find his way on the floor. And defensively, he just can't can't be a negative out there for the basketball team, and I think that'll help him. How about Trevlin Queen? Uh, you've been waiting to see him. So I have the Sixer fans since he was acquired via a free agency on a non-guaranteed deal, but someone who has some promise, it looks like. G League MVP from last season. No defensively also that he uh, he can uh, get his hands in some steals and go the other way. Uh, what does he look like to you now getting a chance to see him up close and personal? You know, he's been extremely inconsistent to me. Um, you know, like we talked about it the first game where, you know, Trevlin Queen was a guy who, who you know, he, he shot two for seven in the first half. He came back. And and he and he and he looked pretty, you know, he looked good, right? He came back and he looked good in the second half, right? Um, the the second game, you know, t- to me, it was uh, he went 0 for six. He struggled, right? He he went 0 for six and he struggled from the field. He really didn't show me, you know, anything too much of anything. And then yesterday, um, I'm looking at it and he didn't shoot very well either, like you know, so. He had that one half for the most part where he shot the ball well in the second half of the first game he played in. But since then, he's really been missing his mark on a lot of shots. Now, you look at it and you can say to it, he has to get a little bit more comfortable, right? He has to get comfortable, you know, with his teammates. Um, You know, it's a role where there are times where they want him to be the facilitator of the offense. At least that's how it was the second game when he was um, in Utah. But it just seems when he's getting these opportunities, the shots aren't falling. Now, I understand that he didn't play uh, since April, but then some of these college guys haven't played since March, most of them, right? So, and you look at it, Isaiah Joe is a guy who's coming out here and he's taking the opportunity and he and he's excelling in it. And I just look at Trevlin Queen as a guy who, you know, right now, I know they like him a lot, but he's not producing to the way that, you know, you would have expected of someone who came with so much high accolades and everything like that. Well, maybe to your point, he's just trying to get himself a little more comfortable and we'll see what he's like in the setting as these games continue, see if he can get better. And then certainly once he gets with the team in training camp, um, in the fall that there's something there with him and uh, we'll see what he does. Uh, finally, I got to ask you about Michael Foster Jr., the G League Ignite player that they brought in, signed him to a deal, and they made it official and, and signed him to a big man, as you talked about, has guard skills, has uh, some some uh, quick feet, and he looks pretty good out there. Uh, but what, what kind of deal is this, and, and what is his future potentially with this basketball team? You know, uh, you know, they're saying before he even signed it, they were saying it was kind of like an Exhibit 10 deal. Well, an Exhibit 10 deal is like you basically get a training camp invite, but you also, if you choose to play, if you get waived, if you get waived and you choose to play on that G League team, you'll tend to make more money than you would going elsewhere because they can pay you more. So that's what it is. Like when you look at him, you know, you, you say to yourself, you know, he's a guy who he has a big body. They really like him a lot, right? But then you ask yourself, is this one of those guys that where you think can make an impact right now with the Sixers? 
No, I don't. I honestly think that, you know, when you look at him, you say, is he better than B-Ball Paul? Is he is he better than um, uh, is, is he better oh, than Bassey. Charles Bassey? You know, is he better than uh, Philip Prepsovich? You know, you may say, uh, I, I don't know about the last one, but the other two, he's not. So I look at him as a he's a 19 year old guy that whereas they can take him and he gets a training camp invite. And then I think that, you know, he's probably going to be one of those G League guys. Now, he is athletic. I mean, he's athletic. He does things. But the only thing that got me is a couple of times he would get caught up and, um, you know, caught up and get lane violations. He could block shots. But the thing is, his plus minus in several games were like, yeah, he's blocking shots, but he's not really, you know what I mean, making the impact that you would want him overall because of the plus minus. So I like him, but I think he's more of a project right now, you know, and, and he's only 19. Yeah, he's right. like a grown man, and that's not a knock against him, but I look at him as a project right now. And and I just want to say this, D, before we go um, and talking about it, like just to give people some stats about, you know, traveling Queen. You know, right now he's shooting in two games, and he's averaging nine points in, in Vegas, but he's shooting 26.1% from the field he's shooting 28.6 percent on three-pointers and then when you talk about at the foul line you know here's a guy who is only shooting 66.7 percent um at the foul line so he's had some off some offensive struggles you know and and hopefully for him you know this is something that he can he can turn around you know and and, and show what he can do but right now, this hasn't been a really good showing for him, you know, in the summer league. Especially when you have uh, somebody like Isaiah Joe and, of course, Charlie Brown Jr., who we haven't even mentioned yet, playing pretty well during the summer league. And uh, if that's the case, then, you know, you already have Tucker and Thibel for the regular season, along with House and Melton and Maxi and Harden. And, and all these players in front of them, you need to perform better. If, if Dal Morey and, and company have seen something in him, he needs to come in and, and show out a little bit more than what he has, especially with those names in front of him that could potentially take some minutes away from him. When, again, we haven't even mentioned Charlie Brown Jr., who did get some time during a regular season. And right now in the summer league, he's playing okay. So, yeah. you know, so, so yeah, he's he's got to step it up in order for them to have a little more faith in him once things roll around training camp time well that'll do it for us on this episode of locked on 76ers we got to thank everybody for making locked on 76ers your first listen every day and on our next episode we'll dive into a little bit more after the game is played uh next game is played for the summer sixers now make your second listen locked on nba locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the nba every monday through friday in less than 30 minutes it's free and available wherever you do get your podcast keith let us let them know where they can find us please Hey, like D just said, wherever you can get your podcast is that you don't have to just get the Locked On NBA podcast. You can get our podcast, Locked On 76, wherever you get your podcast at. Secondly, if you want to look at us and you want to see this YouTube um, Locked On 76ers podcast, go to YouTube, go to Locked On 76ers, and you'll see the Liberty Bell. Click on the Liberty Bell, and you become one of our subscribers. But I'm telling you, what you need to do is – Right now, my man is a little bit on vacation from his radio job, 
But what you need to do is you need to listen to D on six to, from 6 to 10 on 97.5. He has his own radio show. You also need to check me out at Inquire.com. But to keep up with us every second of the day, follow us on Twitter. Follow my man at DivineG975 and follow me at Pompeii on Sixers. And I'm telling y'all, do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Absolutely do it today, Keith. Uh, enjoy yourself for the last few hours. You'll be out there in Vegas, and uh, we will catch up with you when you uh, get back home, man. Appreciate it. All right, bro. All right. All right. And I thank you all for listening. Have a great day. Appreciate you guys.